We've had the most fun this year doing weird and strange things with our harvest. Mm-hmm. Like? Um, freeze drying. You, oh, yeah. You've been working the freeze dryer. I have. Have you tried Mm-hmm. I tried one the other, snuck one out the other night. Some kind of different. Mm-hmm. I really like them. They're, um, figs. She Good got her snack. freeze dryer not too not long ago. Not a freeze dryer. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. A dehydrator. A dehydrator. She's been dehydrating socks and everything in the house. <laughs> it takes, it's a learning curve, but I think I've got figs figured out. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a good snack, but the only thing is you'll sit here and eat the whole jar in one sitting. I will. They actually taste close, similar to what you, when you buy dried figs in the store. They taste mm -hmm. similar to that. Yeah, I tried cutting them in half, and I didn't like the chewy texture, so I started slicing them. And they don't take as long that way. Yeah, they don't take as long. So pickling has been on the top of our thing mm -hmm. this year, and we got something what do we we've have here? never done before. Pickled watermelon rind. I'm gonna try to get it. Now this is kind of spicy, crunchy. Welcome to the Road by Road Gardening Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the internet, where we talk about gardening, a little bit of cooking, and growing your own food. Now sit back and enjoy. Well, I'm Greg. I'm Sheila. Thank you for joining us. Watermelon pickle rind. <laughs> I never thought I would be eating that. Very crunchy. Mm -hmm. It's different. <laughs> A little strong there. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's good. You think so? Mm -hmm. You don't like it? My favorite. Not your favorite? Oh. My favorite. Different. It's different. The figs, I can eat all that on the pickled watermelon rind. Not so sure about that. Woo! Anyway, garden is, garden is in flip stage. So we're in the middle of well, your raised bed garden. You're in the same way too. You just planted sunflowers. Sunflowers in one, two, three, four of the beds. Next week, I've got most of my beds cleaned up. Next week, I'm going full force mode. I'm going to get my ambrosia corn planted. We're we'll gonna get our tomatoes planted and we're gonna get our zipper peas planted somewhere in the next couple of weeks. So we're excited about fall garden. We're in the first phase of fall garden. Corn. Uh, did you got bring some... that Jimmy Red? I didn't know. I should have. Oh, it's so beautiful. We got Jimmy Red corn coming off. We're gonna be doing some grinding. We hopefully we'll do a uh do some film of that, how we grind up and make our cornmeal and our grits with our Jimmy Red corn. But today we're talking about something called CEA, which is Controlled Environmental Agriculture. This acronym CEA is all the buzz right now. It means growing things inside an environment that's controlled. And what's happening, if you'll do a little Googling out there, a lot of these companies are spending a lot of money putting these facilities in all over the United States to grow lettuce and other things such as greens and microgreens and things like that, but primary lettuces. And there's one out there doing my research there that I found out called Eat Peets, or it's called Peets, but their website is Eats Peets. They are a huge facility in Tell California. 
But now in Warner Robins, Georgia, they have put in a huge really? facility, indoor growing facility where they grow lettuces. Man, what else did they grew? Are they like open awful. to the public? Or no, no, no. They grow for the chain stores. And they do these blister packs where your lettuces are in there, you know. Mm. Oh, watercress. They are big growers in watercress. I never knew the nutrient value of watercress, they say, is off the chain. Mm. I don't think I've ever eaten watercress before. But they grow a lot of lettuces and all that. And here's the whole thing. This is where this has all come about. You know, after years of growing lettuces and things like that, we've come to realize that they do good in a certain type temperature in a certain type of environment. They grow wonderful. But if it gets beyond or beyond, below that, then they struggle. Example of that, we can't grow lettuces here in the south during the summertime. Mm -mm. They don't grow well. They burn. They get leaf burn. And plus, they get bitter. Bitter. So we can grow it pretty good in the wintertime, but we do our best growing in the fall and the spring because it's conducive to those ideal conditions growing lettuce. But with these indoor facilities, they're finding out that they can put these plants close to where they're going to be consumed at so they don't have to, go very far. They don't have to go very far. So it's, quote, local agricultural. But not only that, they can control the environment with food safety, which is a huge mm -hmm. issue there. They don't hardly have any issues with food safety because they control everything. And plus, they can produce year-round a good quality product. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is, they even use robotics in some of this, the way they do it. You know, some of it's vertical systems, but it's all pretty much either done with artificial light or greenhouses. Now, I did read an article in Forbes about this eat peats that's how i come up with that but there are other places coming into atlanta converting these old warehouses into these vertical wall systems so they grow a vertical iron and it's kind of amazing to me the way we got turned on to it was if y'all watched the show very long or know much about our business you know we're closely aligned with a seed breeder called sakata and sakata has went all in on controlled agriculture and I was talking with some of them about it, and they was filling me in on what was going on in the industry. So I started doing my research. I said, this is interesting. So that's what we're going to see within the next few years. We're going to see more and more of these controlled environment agriculture systems. Growing inside. Growing inside. Because simply they can control everything. So it's kind of like when somebody has a high tunnel. And they grow things. Similar. Yeah, it is. It's real similar to that. But you are controlling the environment more. But this is even more so than that because they're controlling the temperature, the humidity, mm -hmm. and the light and everything down to a, they got it down to a science. And it actually makes, you know, it makes good sense, especially from a food safety standpoint. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk about today how you can do your own controlled environment agriculture and grow your own food in the same type system that they use but you do it at your own house here because a lot of this problems with lettuce is we've always had to import lettuce from california over here to the east coast iceberg lettuce does not grow on the east coast all of it came from california but in the last few years that has changed somewhat with some of these butter leaf lettuces and things like that that we can grow here in the south we just have to change the way that we do it so Let's talk about that. First of all, let's talk about something that's probably more nutrient-packed than anything out there, with the, maybe the exception of this watercress that I read about. I gotta do more research on mm -hmm. that. If anybody knows anything about watercress, give us some, uh, your comments down below. 
tell us what your thoughts or what your experience is about growing because that's really piques my interest. Now we got into growing microgreens a couple years ago mm -hmm. and it is absolutely wonderful. It's a good way to get your vitamins in but not only that it's good but it's a good way for you to eat your greens all year long. We're also going to touch base on growing your lettuces. If you're one of those people that just love your lettuces, we're going to show you how you can grow it inside as well. It's so versatile. I mean, you can eat it as a salad, as a snack, as a garnish. We mm -hmm. even stir fried a bunch. You can put it on hamburger. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to talk about some of the most popular ones that we carry, and then we kind of move around from there. And there at the end, we got a special. We're going to show you a kit that we sell has everything in it that you need to get started with your controlled agriculture. The first one here is peas. Now this pea right here is one we call sugar prince, which if you may have grown this, it grows well outside, makes a nice English pea, but also works wonderful for microgreen. And we sell the sugar prince in a pack. Right here. Just like that right there. Now this tray right here is a special microgreen tray here. It's shallow. And the reason it's shallow is when you go to harvesting these, it don't take near as much soil than it does one of the thicker trays, and you can get there and cut them off. Talk about the difference in this and sprouts. Yeah, so microgreens are actually the baby type greens. When those when those come up and make what we call the true leaves, those first two leaves, that's the point where we will cut it at. Sprouts are actually not grown in, in soil. soil. They're grown in just water. Damp. Yeah. Like a damp paper towel. Or and they're actually just a sprout. So this right here, if you can see it real closely, we've got pretty good sprouts on these right here. Those would be eaten in this stage if maybe not a little bit before that. But microgreens, you harvest them when they get their First true leaves. set of true leaves, mm -hmm. usually about that high. Yeah, so this flat here is six days old. Wait a minute, hold on. Six days old, and this will be able to be harvested in about three or four days. Normally about mm -hmm. 10 to 12 days, somewhere there, you're going to harvest your microgreens. Believe it or not, in about three days' time, this has un been underneath the light since yesterday, this right here will be ready to harvest. So right. they're very quick. So it's not cut and come again. It's a one-time. It's a one-time deal. And you put it in your compost bin, it makes wonderful compost. All right, back to the sugar prince pea. Now here's kind of the neat deal. We've got several of these microgreens packaged. We've already done the math for you. And we already know the seeding rate for that tray there. And we have them packed in individual packs here. I got all these right here that we'll go over a little bit longer, I mean, further in the show. But this right here is the exact amount you'll need for this 1020 microgreen tray. Now, on the Sugar Prince pea or the Dun pea, we sell the Dun pea in a larger quantities. Both of those you need to soak. The larger seeds you'll need to soak. Overnight, four overnight. to five hours? Normally speaking, about eight to 10 hours. And on some flowers you can get by with a little bit less than that, but I, I did these, I'm gonna show you in a minute. 10 hours and they worked out fine. So you want to soak them. After you soak them, that's when you want to just kind of spread them out there, get them as even as you can, and you'll have started with your microgreens, your peas. Peas is one of the most popular ones. All right. The next one 
is sunflower and believe it or not this is a very very popular microgreen has kind of a nutty flavor uh -huh. to it there uh, this is black oil sunflower which is what 99 percent people use growing microgreens because it's the most economical seed there and these things will pop off them holes in a couple of days the only thing difference between the peas and the sunflowers is you have to be careful to make sure that you get all the holes off of these or you'll get a little too crunchy. Once they get a little older, you can just rake them off. That or either they'll uh, they'll pop yeah. off. Yeah, what they don't, you can rake them off. They've got one right there. See, that one's already through the mm -hmm. other. Two to three days, we'll be ready to harvest these right here. The only caveat, as I say, is the hole there. Make sure you get the hole off there. These are very, very good, very nutritious as well. And this is the third one we have growing here that I want to show you. We got several more, but this is the third one we have growing here. This is probably the most popular and the most nutritious microgreen out there. This is broccoli. 550% of the daily recommended value of your nutrients. Mm -hmm. Now this one will probably be ready to harvest before those over there. These look like they may be just a day or two. They're not far off at all been able to harvest these right here and there again we got them in these nice little packs right here where you take that pack and it's the exact amount you need for that 10 20 trays so no use to measuring out or stressing over that now the broccoli seed and the smaller seeds you do not soak those you just kind of scatter them out there what i do is i cut the corners off that pack and just kind of shake it out like that right there but broccoli's is one of my favorite. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move it back over here. But you can also do radishes, kale. Yep. You did corn last year. I did corn. Now we got to do a special on that again because yeah. that was pretty cool. Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. Yep. Arugula, cabbage, mm -hmm. your herbs. Yep. And beets. And beets. You're really just limited by your imagination what you want to do. All right, so these trays here we get from a company over in England that makes these for us. And these have been out probably about three years. They come with holes and without holes, but these are specifically designed just for growing microgreens. Now, what do you say? Let's plant some. Okay. Show everybody kind of how we do it. All right, so we got the tray with holes. And we got the tray without holes. So we're going to take the tray with holes and put in the tray without holes so that we don't make a mess. Now we recommend using something similar to what we're using here, which is our seedling mix. Let's kind of pour it out there. We'll kind of, it doesn't take much soil at all. But you want to use a soil mix. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, that's enough. You want to use a soil mix that is sterilized and that does not have any organic fertilizer in it. So your thought process tells you, man, we want some worm castings in there. We want some fish emulsion. We want some things like that. Maybe some kelp, some seaweed in there. Because we have that in our premium seed start mix. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you from experience, you don't want Nothing to do that. Just good sterilized pot medium because what happens is if you use the other one, like I did the other day, 
<laughs> it gets really nasty because it grows mold and things like that and it starts smelling and, and it will actually decay some of your... Uh, yeah, it was nasty. Did you give that to the chickens? I did. So you don't want to use anything that's got anything in it besides just your straight peat perlite. Pretty much it. If it's got anything in there, it's like a worm casting thing, do not use it for microgreens because you don't need it. What you're working off of is the energy within that seed there. Once it pops up, you never need any fertilizer growing microgreens. All right, what you want to plant? You want to plant broccoli or you want to plant arugula? Or do you want to plant radish? Mm, it's still arugula. Okay. Arugula is a little strong for some people, but I love it. It works best to me if you kind of mix it in mm -hmm. with something else. So with the full pack, I'm going to just do it for you. You simply just do this right here. Now what you want to do is you want to sprinkle this just evenly all over it. I like to go around the edge sometimes and get that first. It's kind of like shaking out salt. Pretty good there. Yeah, I've done this before. You got a little weak spot over here. Yeah. You ever notice how I always want to tell you how to do a thing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Pretty well, even. There at the end, you got a little carried away with your dad. I was ready to get through. You was ready to get through with you. Then you want to take your little squirt bottle there and just wet it real good. Now, if I'm outside and I have one of the Mr. Nozzles, it makes a little quicker work to do that. So you wouldn't wet it before? You can. I've done it both ways. It really doesn't matter. You just don't want to get it too wet. You don't want this water to run out. To fill up with this bottom tray. It's not going to water run out because it don't have holes in it. You don't want it just to fill up and set water because you're setting yourself up for disease there. I have missed misting works best, even with one of those. Uh, Mist nozzles we carry. So let's just say it's misted real well. Right yeah. Misted real well. Then what you do is you take your other one. Now this doesn't matter. If you're doing the big seeds such as sunflowers and peas, you want to soak them and then you, they've already wet and you want to run them out there. You still want to mist them in. This is what you want to do next. You want to take a tray without holes and put on top of that. And normally what I do is put something on there like two bricks. bricks yeah. I don't think I got any. Yeah, I got some bricks. Yeah. Always keep some bricks underneath your desk. It always <laughs> comes in hands. Might have done this before. Yep. So there you have it. So you want to black it out. You want to black it out. All of them or just? Mm -hmm. Every one of them. And even with these three here, what I did is I just stacked them on top. So you can have three or four or five or six going at one time and just have them stacked up. Now so you leave the bottom tray on. You leave the bottom tray alone. Now once a day, I take them off and I mist them. But this works best in a room temperature of around 70 to 75 degrees. You don't really want to do this outside in the greenhouse. It's going to get too hot and your humidity is going to be way too much and you're going to cause yourself some mold problems. So doing it this right here in this controlled environment is the ideal way to grow these crops. So you can plant here. your broccoli, your beets, everything and just stack it, one just stack. stack it up. Yep. That's what I did there. I had those three going. Now you normally don't, you want to, I mean if it's just two of us, I mean if you got four people in your family you may want to grow a little bit more at a time. But the whole thing here is getting you a system down so that you got microgreens or you got 
you got greens coming off all the time. So you need to plant some every week to yep. have them. Mm -hmm. A good strategy is, is to be rotating every week. And rotate and use different things to find out what you like the best because everybody's taste is different. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. All right, we're going to talk about lettuces just a little bit. Now, if you are one of those top people that just love lettuces, and look here, I love lettuces to get as the next person does. We can do the same thing with growing our leaf lettuce, such as baby lettuce, in a controlled environment as well in 70, 75 degrees. Now, I planted this right here probably 10 days ago, and it's coming up pretty good. Now, this is going to be a little bit different here. These trays that we've got right here is the ones that come with our indoor light kit, and they have holes underneath there, so they will drain out. You definitely want something with holes because you got to get that water to drain through there. But you don't cover this up. I don't cover this up. I plant this just like you would if you're planting lettuces to grow out and put in your garden. The only thing is we're not going to transplant this. We're going to cut them. We're going to cut them. We're going to cut them maybe as baby leaves or maybe when they get a little bit more than that. Now, this is a romaine. Mm -hmm. Everybody doesn't like romaine, but I love romaine. And romaine is easy to grow in this right here because it stands up more. And if it does get a little too wet, you don't have problems with crown rot. So the romaines do really good growing in these inside. And this you can parts. cut and it grows again. You can get two to three cuttings off this right here. But now this is one that will need some fertilizer. So you could use that other pot mix that we sell that has some of the ingredients in there to help with your fertility with this right here. Or you need to use our uh, water can with a fertilizer such as Dr. Joe's. Mm -hmm. And I put two tablets in there and let it dissolve out, pour it on there. You like that water can? Yeah, you like that water can right there. And this right here is what we're talking about right here. Let me get this other one. Growing bubble. I've been using that on this right here about twice a week. It's easy. Just plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Got little peels, little tablets in there, and they go into your watering can. And it's easy to, uh, to fertilize there. Lettuces take quite a bit of fertility. So it's a little different strategy growing this than it is to microgreens. And it takes a little bit longer. You're looking at probably around 21 days before you start harvesting this. But here's the whole key, folks. You can do both of these with our indoor seed starting kit. And you can grow the butter lettuces as well. You can grow cilantro. Mm -hmm. You can grow all different kinds of things in this tray right here. Cilantro does really good because it likes the same types of temperatures that your lettuces and stuff. Mm -hmm. Alright, so as we promised you earlier in the show, we have a kit that's going to get you all set up. Whether you want to buy this for yourself or you want to buy it for a gift for somebody else or you want to buy it for a gift for yourself, it's the ideal thing to get started with this controlled environmental agriculture so that you can grow your own vegetables year-round, regardless of what the temperature is. If you have a cold spell, you have a lot of rain, it really doesn't matter because you're controlling everything so you can grow your own vegetables. So the kit comes with a light. So we're going to pop up here showing you this indoor seed starting kit. The seed starting mix, three trays, three reservoir trays, and your seeds. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yep, you get all these seeds here. That is, let's see how many you get. And a spray bottle and yep. an instructions. You get one, two, three, four, five, six different packs of seeds, which is the exact amount you need for those 10 20 trays. You get three trays so you can keep your rotation going. And then you can throw, you're also going to get some so of these trays. So once these get right up here. this size, they need to go under a light? Yes. You'll get some of these trays here so you can also be growing some lettuces or cilantro or herbs or whatever you prefer as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I put those underneath the light yesterday morning. And they make a big difference when you put them underneath that light, they start popping. But you want to get them, you want to get them sprouted good before you put them underneath that light. And folks, that's a, believe it or not, that's a lot of microgreens right there. Mm -hmm. Now last year when we was growing them, you would put them in bags. Right, so um, to store them, I would just cut them, rinse them, and use my salad spinner mm -hmm. to get all the water out. And I actually would store them in that salad spinner or in a Ziploc bag with a paper towel just to catch the moisture. And they would last over a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I lost a little weight last year. I need to get back on that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. Yeah. You ate microgreens. For Microgreen salads. So, hope that helped you there. Think about controlled environmental agriculture, and if you're just bored and you're looking for something to Google, Google it and look at some of the things that's happened with the industry out there. I think you'll find it kind of interesting the way our food is evolving, the way the production is evolving, was to me. All right. We have the old goat, folks, and the old goat is on the set somewhere here, and we do a drawing every week. If you can find the old goat, it's a little old goat figurine. You can find it. Put your answer in the comments below, and we'll do a drawing next week for that, and we'll draw out. If we draw your name, we'll send you a coveted horse merchandise. If we draw your name, send your shipping address to cusserve at hosstools.com. I hope it's somebody you can pronounce. I do too. We always get these names. Roy Vestal. Roy? Do you know Roy? I don't know if I know Roy or not. Roy, send Ace a shipping address to CustServeHostools.com and we'll get you a good prize in the mail. I'm going to let you say yeah. that right there. Hostinator contest. About one Hostinator more contest is about to wind up. If you don't know, then we've got a new tomato this year called the Hostinator. We've got a contest going on. Well, who can grow the big Hostinator? And you have to take a picture of the Hostinator on the scale with the seed pack, send it in to CussServeHostools.com, and enter yourself with the, the contest to see who grows the biggest Hostinator. And we got some pretty good entries so mm -hmm. far. Get a $100 gift certificate. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. What about some corny jokes? Corny jokes. You got a corny joke? Yeah, might not be real corny. Why could the tomato. Why couldn't the tomato outrun the broccoli? I was going to say something with legs, but then again, I can't piece it together. Because he was a vegetable. <laughs> <Not real good. laughs> oh. That was terrible. <laughs> it, was terrible. it was terrible. I started not doing it. Was it. Terrible. <laughs> All right, folks. Oh. Thank you for watching. If you're not familiar with our show here, we're uh, the owners of HossTools.com, 
and we're all about helping people to grow your own food. We have this show every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on YouTube and on Facebook. And if you're also on Facebook, we got a group on Facebook called Row by Row. Join it. A lot of people on there can help you with some of your gardening problems or help encourage you maybe to, to garden more so. And uh, that's what we're all about is helping you grow your own food. So thank you for watching. Now it's time for you to get off that couch and get out there and do something.